What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Mind Over Macros podcast. As always, I'm your host, Mike Milner, and I apologize for the little delay in between episodes. Uh, I was away. I did not get an episode recorded during that time. I apologize. was on a little business trip, so um, you know it was a great experience, but I'm back with an amazing interview. I uh, brought on my boy, Josiah Novak, uh, who brought some fire to the podcast. This is one of my favorite interviews. You guys are going to take a lot out of this episode, so pay attention because Josiah drops a ton of knowledge bombs in here. Uh, and you know, I was really happy. I didn't know what direction we were going to go, but it ended up being a really powerful episode. Uh, if you enjoy it, please give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and tag myself and Josiah. My IG handle is at coach underscore Mike underscore Milner. And Josiah is at Josiah Fitness. Enjoy the episode. All right, guys. I am joined today by true transformation man himself and the author of Diet Suck, Josiah Novak. And it's actually an honor to have you on because your podcast was, I think, the very first podcast I ever did. So it's cool to be able to have you on my show. So welcome. Oh, that's dope, man. I had no idea. I, f- I figured because you sounded like a podcast pro when we did our shows. So I, I thought I was just, you know, one of many. No, no, not at all. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that uh, you couldn't tell it was my first one. But uh, there's, there's been plenty of shows since then, so hopefully, um, you know, we've kind of found our groove over here. But um, so I would love to get started uh, just by hearing your story. And I know you've got a cool personal story and just like how you got into all of this and your your first introduction into fitness. And, and we'll go from there. Mm, yeah. So my, my story, I guess my story into fitness, my journey into fitness, if you will, uh, really transpired at an early age when... I was dealing with a lot of uh, abuse as a child. Um, I was dealing with a lot of adversity in my youth. Uh, I was in a uh, very, I would say, kind of eh, chaotic, I guess is probably the right word, environment as a kid. I was the oldest of six kids, uh, military family, moved around every two years. My parents were both very active, meaning they were heavy into exercise, but they were also heavy into physical and mental abuse. Um, and my first like reason for working out, if I'm just being honest, was I wanted to be able to defend myself specifically against my dad, um, who was just very physical growing up. And I, I was really just sick and tired of not being able to stand up to him and feel confident in my physical abilities. What really kind of pushed me into fitness though, like kind of gave me that last little nudge across the cliff, if you will, was... I was in school, uh, public school. I was homeschooled actually up until seventh grade. And so <laughs> you can imagine getting into public school kind of late in the game. First time ever being around other kids my age, you know, on a daily basis, at least I had friends, but it wasn't like, you know, public school type of setting and getting into high school. A lot of the guys were just physically more developed than me. And you combine that with the abuse I was experiencing at home, it was like the perfect recipe for me to start getting my body where I wanted it to be. But really, it was my confidence. I just didn't know it, right? I was like, oh, I'm just going to get strong as shit, you know, and like start being able to kick people's asses because I can, you know, bench press and stuff. But really, it was just like, hey, my confidence is awful. I feel like, you know, uh, just a, a very insecure person. And so I started hitting the gym religiously, man. Like, I would go uh, to school. I would go to whatever sport I was playing at the time, practice. And then after all that, I would come home, do some homework, and I would jog to our local like recreation center that had just a very small weight room. And I would lift for an hour at night, come home, go to bed, and kind of repeat the process. I wasn't a party animal. Um, this is my early years in high school. I wasn't into going out. I didn't really have a whole lot of friends besides the teammates I had. And so that was my life, man. And, and I fell in love with it. I literally remember to this day, the first time I ever got a bicep pump, dude, like <laughs> my world changed, bro. I've tried drugs. I've tried everything. But that bicep pump was the best. Like I remember looking at my arm like, holy shit, man. Like what is this? Right. And from that moment on, I was a different person. I remember my junior and senior year in high school, uh, my popularity went up my amount of friendships went up. My parents actually had divorced at that point. So I was kind of out from under my dad's, you know, hand, if you will. Didn't really have a whole lot of rules. 
um, in my house at that point because it was just my mom and six kids. And I was kind of free to do what I wanted to do, but I really just wanted to be working out and I wanted to be doing uh, sports. And I started to get more social and I just felt like a, a better person. But I'll, I realized it was from my physical you know, ability that I was able to create this newfound confidence. And year after year, my love for it just continued to build. And going into college and then going into my early adulthood, I continued to suffer setbacks, right? I continued, I continued to deal with emotional issues and depression that I hadn't really confronted from my early years, uh, you know, and, and being in such a crazy household I, and, and not really having direction in life, not really knowing like what I, what I really wanted to do, you know what I mean? Um, and I started a business right out of school, failed miserably because I just didn't have any experience and I was just a young kid just trying to make a living. And I fell into deep, deep depression. And I realized that I w- while I was in love with working out and I really enjoyed getting in the gym and the feeling it gave me, I had never really mastered my nutrition. I was an emotional eater. So fortunately, as a kid, I had you know, the ability to burn off a shit ton of calories because I was just eating, you know, a couple times a day. And I wasn't really like, you know, the typical Western adult now where you eat three, four times, maybe five times a day. And it caught up to me that I had never really mastered the nutrition side. And so when I fell into this depression in my early twenties, uh, it was, it was just like the weight, there was nothing that could stop it from coming on. Right. It was just like pound after pound. And one day I looked in the mirror and I go, what the hell? Like, I am not, I'm not who I want to be anymore. Like I I've, I've gained tons of weight. Um, I was overweight. I felt like crap. My skin looked like crap. And it was in my early twenties that I really hit a crossroads, dude. Like I had, you know, made it to that point by just kind of gritting through a lot of things. But then I realized, man, that, you know, it's not enough to just grit your teeth and keep pushing. Like you got to confront some of these issues that have been holding you back. And, you know, I will say though that once again, fitness and working out and taking care of myself was the lowest hanging fruit, right? It was the it was the one branch that I was able just to go. All right, I'm going to grab onto that. I'm going to start there because I got no clue what else to do, <laughs> right? I'm like, I don't have a you know, I don't have shit going on besides the gym and starting to clean up my act, right? And I contemplated suicide uh, during those years as well. And I remember a, a fitness guy by the name of Greg Plitt, who's actually uh, dead now. Um, he died a few years back in a horrible accident, but he was like the first, I guess you could call him like motivational type of guy that I ran into online that I was able to buy into and invest in. Um, this is before fitness coaching and online coaching became a thing, but this guy had a platform that was helping people with more than just working out. It was more like the mental side, right? It was more of like, hey, get, you know, if you're feeling down, if you feel like this is your, you know, you've come to the end of your rope, well, this is how you get out of it. You know, you start by getting up early, you start going to the gym. Like that's the first thing you do every morning. And I remember being like, holy shit, 5 a.m. workouts? What the fuck is that? Right. Like <laughs> I always go to the gym at night. And, you know, I'm like, maybe that's why I'm so fat now. Right. But, you know, it was just like, he inspired me. Um, and then, you know, starting to learn nutrition, looking back, he had no, I like he was preaching horrible nutrition advice. Um, but that's okay because like it was enough to get me started, man. Like it was enough to restart me, if you will. Like it was enough to just get that fire burn again. And, uh, obviously I'm, I'm here today. I, I didn't take my own life. Uh, and once again, I, I, I was like, fitness is what I want to do in some capacity. Like in that moment, when I started getting my life back together, made the decision that I wasn't going to allow my early years of my life to dictate my future. And I started to take responsibility for my life. I knew and I committed. And I remember telling my, you know, my wife on our first date ever, like the first time we ever had a conversation, I said, she, you know, she asked me, what do you want to do with the rest of your life? And I go, I'm not entirely sure, <laughs> but whatever I do for the rest of my life, it's going to be something with fitness. And here I am, you know, seven years later after our first date and I have a full-time fitness business, man. So yeah, it's pretty, 
pretty insane. Yeah, man. That's a powerful story. I appreciate you sharing that. And it quite literally fitness saved your life, which that's why I love asking these questions because it's always, there's something so personal about it when any of us who get into this industry and want to pay it forward. And, you know, that feeling that you had of, and I was similar, like I literally lost my identity in my early twenties, uh, woke up and it felt like in the blink of an eye, I no longer knew who I was. I no longer wanted to look at myself in the mirror. I didn't want to see my friends anymore. Like it was just this darkness and uh, fitness was a big catalyst for getting me out of that. Uh, and I know that, you know, you feel the same way where you have this, this fire inside of you to not want anybody else to experience that. Um, and so I'm wondering if you've had time now to kind of look back at the hardships that you've gone through and how that's kind of, you know, molded the way that you coach now. Um, and if you can look back in almost gratitude for having been through that experience, even though it might have been a dark time at one point and it might stir up some emotions, but if you're able to kind of take that um, hindsight look now and, and realize that it shaped you into the person you are today and has allowed you to do what you do now. Absolutely, man. Um, I'm very, very thankful for all the struggles, right? Especially those early ones because, you know, and, and not to say that anybody is truly, I guess, you know, some people could be born with a, with a silver spoon in their mouth, right? Even for fitness, you know, you get born with these incredible genetics and it's just like a matter of time before you're a professional athlete, right? Everybody's got their own struggles, everybody. And when I look at my clients or when I look at the people that we impact, you know, I go into it with this mindset of like, hey, look, you know, this isn't easy, Right. Uh, while fitness could be simple on the surface, there's a lot of things going on underneath the surface. There's a lot of emotional baggage in some cases. There's a lot of uh, beliefs. There's a lot of self-hatred. Um, there's a lot of blame and a lot of guilt and a lot of things that dictate our day-to-day -day lives. And something that might seem simple like fitness where you know, it's, it comes down to working out and eating, eating right those things become very complicated when we have a lot of emotional stories tied to those things, whether it's avoiding those things, right? Or whether it's food being used as, as comfort as it was for me, um, or whether it's, you know, a scarcity mindset where you grew up with nothing and maybe now you have access to things you didn't have. And so you want to use it up right before you feel like you might lose it again. So we have all these stories and when you know, when I help people or when I write programs or books or whatever, you know, I, I understand, like I've been in their shoes, right. In some sort of way. Um, and I understand too, that it's not as, as simple as starting with like, all right, guys, we're going to eat healthy and we're going to start going to the gym. It's more along the lines of let's figure out how we talk to ourselves, right? Like let's figure out how we feel about certain things and let's attack some of these things that are holding us back mentally. Because I know once you get the mind part right, once you get your head in the game and you start to confront some of the things, some of the, the false narratives that you might have been following, all of a sudden, the workouts, the nutrition, you know, the supplements or whatever, your sleep, all these things start to improve because your mind is such a powerful thing. And if without that being where it needs to be, then everything else is just, it's like an uphill battle, right? So yeah, I mean, those early experiences, uh, they humbled me, right? Number one. Um, and I'll never forget, you know, some of those, those awful days, not just in my youth, but in my twenties, right. Where I would look in the mirror and I wouldn't want to take my shirt off. You know, I was hesitant to talk to people. I was hesitant to be myself because I just was so insecure and fed up with where I was in my life. And so I can relate to people now on a very deep level. Um, so I, I don't go into it like this, this guru of like, oh, I'm perfect. And let me bring you into this perfection, right? It's more of like, hey, I've, I've totally walked a mile in your shoes and I'm going to walk right there with you side by side, right? I'm not your, I'm not, I'm not powerful over you. I'm, I'm your peer, you know, I'm here right side by side fighting the battle with you every day. Yeah. I love that. And I love that you start with the mindset piece first and get that squared away before we start looking at, you know, the physical achievements. Um, so that's a good place to kind of start with how do we distinguish between somebody who is using fitness possibly as a distraction or, you know, I can use myself as an example. For years, I had the mindset of I'll be happy when, you know, 
when I'm under 200 pounds, when I'm under 190 pounds. And every single time I was left empty and frustrated and confused as to why I was achieving the goals I was setting for myself, but just physically changing my body didn't make me any happier. Um, so it was almost like a distraction uh, versus where it can be used as a vehicle to improve every area of your life if you use it appropriately. Um, so where do we kind of uh, or how do you do that for your clients where uh, we kind of walk that tightrope of I want to make sure that, you know, we're addressing kind of these underlying issues or we're connecting to a deeper meaning um, and really, you know, embracing the all, all the other areas of fitness, like the discipline, the commitment, making promises to yourself and following through versus just I have this arbitrary number I'm trying to hit or I'm trying to improve my deadlift by X amount of pounds or whatever it may be um, that can possibly distract us from what's really going on you know, beneath the surface, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I know. It, it definitely makes sense. Um, I think one of the things, at least when I work with people directly, right, um, and you know, we have more intimate conversations and we're getting more personal. Um, one of the exercises I always take people through is, you know, understanding what's the driving force behind wanting to change, right? Um, oftentimes you can start to uncover the fact that, you know, wanting to get a rib six pack is really because their marriage is just like awful and they feel guilty because they're not around for their kids enough. And, so you start to these peel away this onion, right? You see all these layers that are hiding beneath this surface, you know, result-based goal. And what I encourage people to do, and this is a process, right? Obviously, like we can talk about it and make it sound super easy, but at the end of the day, the process comes down to taking a look at the different parts of your foundation in your life. Because fitness is just one piece. You know, I, I tell people all the time, I've been super shredded. And I've also been overweight and I've been happy in moments in both places. And I've been unhappy in moments in both places. And it's because of where my entire life stood during certain moments when I was in certain conditions. And it comes down to making sure that we take a look at all the pillars, if you will, of your life. And it's why when I design plans for people, I always ask them, hey, what, what's your family life look like when we have a plan like this, right? You know, you say you want to go to the gym seven times a week, right? But you have three little kids at home. You have a 60 hour a week job and you have a wife who probably wants to see you from time to time. How does that all fit into this, right? Let's, let's make sure that those things are, are balanced and your career, you know, like maybe, maybe someone's job is on the line and they're stressed and they're like, well, if I just get in shape, like I'll take my mind off it. And I'm like, well, yeah, it might temporarily, but then what if you lose your job, right? Like what, what's the plan next? So what we can do is we can start to formulate an entire game plan around all these areas of their life that are important to them that allows them to achieve and improve in all those areas simultaneously. You know, um, I have non-negotiables for my clients. I tell them, look, you know, your, your job at least once a week is to go have fun. Like, you know what I mean? Like forget the fitness shit for a meal, right? Or go, you know, skip, you know, not skip the gym, but plan a day off, right? Plan a day off every week or a couple days off. Go do something with your kids. You know, maybe your exercise for the day is taking your kids to the swimming pool, right? Because you have said, hey, you want to be a better, a better father. Well, getting a ripped six pack is not going to make you a better father if you're not spending time with your kids, right? And one of the, one of the things too is like, hey, look, you got to start treating yourself better right? You know, beating yourself up to get a six pack. I mean, the body and the mind are going to fight back against that at some point. You know, like if we're sitting here and we're saying, oh, I hate myself, you know, that's why I want to get in shape. And I hate the way I look. I hate the way I am. I just hate, hate, hate. Well, if fitness is a weapon <laughs> against those things that you hate and those things are yourself, good luck, right? Because eventually your subconscious is going to say, whoa, dude, I don't like getting tore up every day. I don't like you starving me. Um, you know, I, I want to be treated better. I want my, I, you know, I want to be treated with respect. So self-love, if you will, is another area that we got to take a look at. Um, and so, yeah, everybody's different, right? That's one of the big things about fitness is everybody gets into fitness or avoids fitness for certain specific unique reasons. There are similarities between certain people, but you know, for example, I got into it for, for my reason 
someone else might get into it because they had uh, a drug addiction and so they need something to get addicted to, right? Because they're, they're missing that addiction in their life. And we all have these, these reasons and we all have reasons too for avoiding it at some points, right? Maybe we failed before and we're just so scared of failure that it's like trying again just is too much to grasp because if we fail one more time, we feel like, God, we're just, we're never going to ever see the results we want. So why even try? Um, so I hope that answers your question. Yeah. Yeah. hundred um, percent. And you kind of touched on two powerful points, one being the individual variance across the board, which is so important. Um, and then two, the value of actually going through that internal work and really the value of, of coaching in general, of real coaching, because, you know, the information is out there and it's not a lack of information. Literally, you can find whatever you want, you know, at your fingertips at any time of day. So, you know, it's all there for us. It's just a matter of we're all different. We all have different, you know, driving forces. We have different values. We have different reasons for doing what we do. Um, and like you talked about, there's there's layers to it. So, we you know, we have these stories that we've built up through our past experiences that dictate, you know, the actions that we take now. Um, and so, you know, when you look at the diet industry as a whole, is that where you feel like it misses the mark that it kind of treats everybody as this one, puts everybody into this one box and is like, here's your solution. Um, now just go do it. And then it kind of fosters this, this mindset of, well, if you failed, the information is right here. So it's got to be your fault because we're, pre- we're presenting you with this option and you're, you're not able to execute it. You know, the, the statistics on dieting are pretty atrocious. So um, is that kind of your assessment of where the diet industry as a whole kind of fails people? Yeah, I think one of the first things it does horribly is it assumes that we're all living the same, right? It, it assumes that there's one solution for all of our problems, right? These, these diets that come out, these fads, um, they're all advertised as, as a permanent solution when in fact, most of them are, are just temporary band-aids and they don't factor in a lot of the scenarios we find ourselves in on a day-to-day basis. Um, you know, it's like we live in such a world of abundance, I guess, if you will, when it comes to food, there's so much crap out there and there's also just so much of it that having an extremely strict diet that eliminates not only like your choices, but also a lot of experiences. Um, that's a, that's a very dangerous road to go down, right? Because what, what I see with a lot of people who follow these diets or, or try to jump into fitness and they're following some kind of fad is there's just a, a tremendously high failure rate, right? And when people who don't have a lot of like self-belief already, right? Like, cause think about it. If you're overweight and you're dealing with like issues when it comes to your self-esteem or you're insecure, and then you start following this diet and you fail miserably, what is that going to do for you? Right? Like that's just going to drive the, the stake through the heart, right? Like, oh yeah, you suck, right? Like not only are you fat, but you can't even follow this like no carb, no fat diet, right? Like what's wrong with you? You got this guy and lady over here who are in phenomenal shape advertising this diet. And you're like, well, what's holding me back? Like from being that, I just must be a, you know, a pile of garbage. Like I just must be an absolute failure. I suck. And so it just, it just keeps this merry-go-round going of failure, give up, somehow start over, failure, give up, somehow start over. And over time, it just builds on itself. So I think that's the first, one of the first problems when it comes to fad diets. I also think that there's just an abundance of information and most of it is just completely false. Um, and there's also true information out there that is then turned into this like complicated formula, right? Where it's like, oh, let's take a simple concept and let's make it like crazy sounding so that we can sell a bunch of stuff, right? Um, I won't mention any diets because, (laughs) or any specific people, but like, you know, it's just one of those things that I see all the time is that we take, you know, the fitness industry is phenomenal at taking a simple concept and making it seem really hard. (laughs) You know what I mean? And for people who are like, just trying to get into this and who already feel overwhelmed with life, I mean, that's a recipe for disaster, you know? Yeah. Uh, I think from the, from the consumer standpoint, you have this combination of 
wanting results as fast as possible because we're in this like immediate gratification society um, mm -hmm. combined with the fact that it's almost easier to believe that it's more complicated than it actually is uh, because that way sure. you can kind of push off responsibility and I you know don't get me wrong there are people who actually suffer from you know hormonal issues or gut health issues but that is the the vast minority uh, for most people uh, you know, it's it's not really as complicated, but sometimes it's easier to believe that it is because then, you know, you can push it off to kind of like an external source where it's not really me. But I think um, the dieting industry does a really good job, unfortunately, of capitalizing on that vulnerable state of the consumer who wants fast results and who believes that there's something that they were missing all along rather than just, you know, working your ass off and hammering the basics and building a strong foundation of habits and, you know, daily action, um, but, you know, leave them to believe that they're broken. And then guess what? They have this magical solution that they can sell you. Yeah, that that is so true. And the other thing, too, that I think is often mistaken about the, well, the messaging that gets put out is that there's just one way to do things, right? That there's just like, this is the diet, you know, for a long time it was paleo and now it's keto. And, you know, it's like, well, if you really want to get serious, it's keto, right? It's like, well, hold on a second, right? And the same is true for working out. You know, I have people who tell me and, and you know, talk to me about uh, certain forms of exercise, like, oh, I, you know, I probably shouldn't go swimming, right? That's probably like bad for you, right? It's too much cardio. And it's like, no, like not at all, right? It's, it's fitness is such a, uh, it can be such like a, a, a world of fun, right? Like there's so much you can do activity wise and nutrition wise, you can create your own diet, right? Um, that allows you to experience some great things from different diet strategies that is just tailored for you. But at the end of the day, underneath all that, there's just basic principles that once again, don't even get mentioned half the time. And when they are mentioned, they're turned into this like complicated formula. And yeah, like when people see this, you know, this stuff and they think, man, that's just way too crazy for me. Like, I don't understand that. Then you're right. It gives just another reason for not taking action, right? Because when we think, oh, we're not capable of doing something like, for example, you know, I don't go out and shoot a hundred baskets at the, at the basketball courts because you know, I'm, I don't have any aspirations to be an NBA player. And even if I did, like, I, I know I don't have it in me, right? Because I look at people I know who are pro basketball players and I'm like, ah, dude, I'm like, come on, like, that's not me, right? So I'm not going to go out there and spend all this time practicing basketball because it's like, I don't want to do it anyway. And even if I did, like, I don't, I don't have the, the talent, right? I don't have the capability. And so when people look at nutrition and fitness and they go, you know, I don't really want to do this. Like, I know I need to, but like, I don't really want to. And God, it's so complicated. I'm not smart enough to like do all this stuff. I'm not talented enough. I'm not athletic enough. And they think it's this complicated thing. Well, that just holds them back from ever getting off the couch in a lot of cases, right? It holds them back from ever taking ownership for their life and saying, no, no, I can put my foot down and I can create something that, or I can get help getting something that makes sense for me. Yeah. And something that you mentioned that I hadn't even thought of before, uh, but it, when we get so focused on that minutia, like we're, you know, we're worried about 10 minutes on the treadmill after a workout, is that going to ruin my gains? And it's like, you don't have to really concern yourself with that it's mistake in the forest for the trees. But, yeah. you know, when we start focusing on these small details and, and obsessing about all these minor details that don't really move the needle all that much, it sucks the fun out of it. Like you said, it's like, you know, fitness can be such an amazing thing. It can improve your life in every way. But when we start getting bogged down by these like minor details about how many carbs post-workout and how many meals per day am I supposed to eat and what's my feeding window versus fasting? Like there's all these crazy details that people want to overemphasize again to try and sell somebody into a program. Um, it really does suck the fun out of it. I hadn't even thought about it from that side, uh, which again, we know that the best nutrition and training program are the ones that you can actually stick to the one that yeah. allows for greater adherence and consistency and you know allows you to enjoy your life while going through that process um, so when we just continuously hammer these details that don't really make that much of a difference uh, it really does suck the enjoyment out of it. i hadn't even thought about it from that perspective until you said it um, i'm curious what you've found uh, you've been a part of 
you know, a whole bunch of transformations. I've watched your business for a long time and the success that your clients have. So I'm wondering if you've noticed trends about your clients who have been successful, if there's any commonalities that you've noticed, maybe it's in their mindset or maybe it's how they, you know, approached it um, or just your thoughts on that. Yeah. I mean, I've had a variety of, of clients get uh, success from our programs and there's definitely been some common traits amongst the ones who come out. And when I say success, right, like that, I think we need to clarify what that means. Um, you know, success is not losing weight and looking better after you know, 60 days, right? That might be a, a temporary success. In our world, what I look at is, well, once they're done working with us and they go off and they live their life and they reach out to me a few years later, where are they, right? Are they in better shape? Are they in great shape? Are they enjoying life? Like what is, what's going on, right? Or have they gained all their weight back? Are they back to square one? Are they confused? Are they frustrated? Right. And so, um, one of the things that I, I see from the people who reach out to me years after working with, with me and say like, yeah, I'm in, I'm loving it. I'm in great shape. I'm living my life. I feel awesome. I look awesome. All this stuff. Right. Um, is a willingness to always be learning. Right. That's number one. Um, and when I say willingness to learn, it's an open-minded approach. Right, going into something, for example, if you if you have uh, you know goals of losing thirty pounds, right, and you come into a, a program where you're like, okay, this is the right coach for me, I'm ready to go, and then everything that coach tells you, you're questioning and you're fighting against, and you're just not willing to change, that's a closed-minded approach, and you're never going to get the results you're hoping for because you have such strong walls up, right? You're, you're, you're like, no, I'm not, I'm not willing to track my food ever. I'm not willing to make more time for myself. I'm not willing to get better sleep. No, 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 right? Without even taking a look at, well, maybe I could, right? What are the possibilities? Let me, let me learn why this is important. Let me, you know, it's not, it's not about asking, you know, it's not about not asking questions. It's about asking the right questions, right? Um, and so that's one, Number two, I would say, is a trust, right? A trust in the process. Like looking at it from a, a process perspective versus how quickly can I get to my result, right? How quickly can I get abs and then move on, right? Like a process approach, meaning this is a forever thing, right? Fitness is now something I want to build into my life and I want to do for the rest of my life in some form, some capacity. Getting in shape is going to is going to take some time because getting out of shape took some time right um it didn't you know you don't look in the mirror one day and be ripped and the next day wake up and you've gained 60 pounds right it, it's not like that it's it's typically a very slow process over time you gain weight and all of a sudden 10 years goes by and you go whoa what happened so it it would make sense then when you start to reverse that and you say, okay, I need, to, I need to get back to being healthy. I need to take care of myself. It's going to take some time. And so successful clients, they buy into that, right? They buy into this process approach of like, hey, this isn't going to happen overnight. Um, I just want to interject real quick, sorry, yeah. because this needs, no, to be, this needs to be highlighted. Um, I did a whole episode on this very concept, which is one of the you know most important things for people to grasp. So that's why I want to make sure that it gets hammered home here is that it's focusing on the result versus the daily actions. And the people that are so hyper-focused on just the outcome are setting themselves up for failure. It's the same person who does everything right, steps on the scale, and it's up two pounds and they quit because the they were living in that outcome. It was an expected result that they were like, well, I'm only doing this to achieve X. And if X doesn't happen fast enough, I'm out. And that mindset causes a lot of people to trip up and kind of go through that cycle that we talked about where they're constantly starting over versus understanding that you have control over your actions, over your habits, over your thoughts each day, uh, your perception. You know, you can look at it as, well, I checked all the boxes. I did what I was supposed to do. And to go back to your first point, what did I learn about myself through that process? So always learning. Mm -hmm. Did this make me feel better? Just because you know I'm I'm carrying two extra pounds of water weight, um, I still feel good because I got my workout in and I ate well and um, you know I spent time with my family and I took care of you know managing stress and I checked all those boxes and I actually feel better about myself versus just looking at 
that outcome of what did the scale say that day. Um, so I think that's such an important point of people who buy into the long game and realize, you know, we're in this, this is the forever plan, um, and that we only have control over what we do each day. We don't have control over that end result. You know, we can set targets. Uh, however, we can only do so much. You know, there's some days where you're just, your body's just not ready or, you know, for whatever reason. Um, but we can always control how we think about that, how we perceive it, our thoughts and our actions. So I just wanted to make sure to, to highlight that. Um, sorry to interrupt your, your flow No, there. dude, that's, I mean, I, man, I guess if you had a gun to my head and you said like, what's the one piece of advice that you would give clients based off all the clients you know, you've worked with, that would probably be it, right? Focus on the daily behavioral goals. Focus on you know, the three or four key behaviors that are going to get you to that result. But understand too, getting to your result is just half the battle. Keeping that result is just as important. And those behaviors are what's going to do both, right? You might ratchet up certain behaviors. For example, you know, when you're trying to get leaner, you might do more activity. You know, you might walk more or something, but it's probably a good idea to keep that activity at a decent level, even if you're just trying to maintain your results, right? Um, but it's not, it's not about the result. It's about that activity. It's about getting that, those steps in or you know, hitting a certain amount of calories or whatever it is for you specifically, whatever's going to help drive the needle forward for you. The third uh, trait that I think this might hurt some feelings, but this is just the honest to God truth. And when I say honest, that's where I'm headed, right? It's honesty. Honesty with yourself. Honesty with your coach if you have one honesty with the people who are in your corner. Because I tell people like when I, when I hop on a phone call with someone uh, who's, you know, trying to get some help and I actually just had this conversation with a pretty, pretty big name in a different industry who's hiring uh, me to help him get in shape. And I said, look, man, like I'm excited to work with you, but here's the one thing out of all the things I said I can do for you. Here's the one thing that I can't do for you. And that's the work. I can't do the work, right? And I can't read your mind. I don't know if you've done it or not. You know, you might go in the app that I use and check off your workout for the day. You never did it, right? I don't know. I'm not in you. I'm not following you around every day. I'm not stalking you, right? You would get annoyed even if I was, right? You have to be honest with me and you got to be honest with yourself. You know, if you're willing to just be straight up real, and you're like, yup, man, I fucking every night I raid the fridge. You know, I've been following the plan all day, but then at night I eat 10 cookies, man. Fuck, you know, then cool. We got it on the table. We can talk now. We can figure this out. But if you're lying and you're like, nah, man, I'm good, man. I'm perfect, man. I've been doing everything and fuck it, man. This scale won't move and I'm just not seeing changes and shit. It's the plan. The plan sucks. This is awful, right? And you're not being honest about what you're doing or what you're not doing. And nobody can help you including yourself. You can't even help you, right? So the clients who get phenomenal results, you know, they look crazy different after 16 weeks or whatever. And when I say they're honest as hell about everything, even the good and the bad and the ugly, they're so honest. They're so open, right? They're just willing to be an open book. And I get it. Like that's hard for some people because they're so afraid of being judged. They're so afraid of, of looking like a failure. They're so ashamed from past failures. I totally get it. And so that's why up front, I say, look, I've heard it all. I've seen it all. There's probably not much you could tell me that would surprise me when it comes to eating, training, not training, eating like shit, whatever, right? I, I've seen it and done it. I've done it myself, right? So just, just pretend like I'm your closest confidant, right? You tell me everything and anything. It's confidential. Like we're, there's nothing I want you to hide from me, right? Yeah. And so... Yeah, it's a work, it's a work in process too for a lot of people. But if you combine that with, like you said, focusing on behaviors and not so much the outcome and the willingness to learn, oh my God, man. That's like a, yeah. it's a powerful you combination. You really can't fail at that point. You might have small failures along the way, but overall, you can't ultimately fail. Yeah. Um, if I could throw in one more, dude, like because I think this is one's super important, is a determination to not quit, right? Like 
a willingness to grit your teeth in some instances because there will come times where you do have to do that where you got to tighten up the bootstraps if you will and just say fuck it you know like i don't feel like going to the gym but i'm going to go to the gym right having that grit and that you know that determination to not quit on yourself despite not wanting to go forward i'll tell you if you if you can train that muscle right that my, that mental muscle to say yes and when you want to say no that's just like it's like a superpower totally agree using that failure as feedback and, and not accepting it as your reality. Uh, when you were talking about the honesty thing, my head immediately went to extreme ownership. Um, and that's a concept that, you know, obviously I got that from Jocko Willink's book, but the concept that I try and instill in my clients and in myself and my coaches, because look, if a client cancels on me, I look at it as all my fault, 100% my fault. And it doesn't matter what the situation was. I, I take extreme ownership I didn't do something. I didn't do something well enough. And then that allows me to self-assess and get better. And the sure. clients, you know, I know, you know, you've seen this before where let's say they have, you know, a night where things just go off the, off the rails, whatever. And immediately when they recap it, it's, well, I got into an argument, with my spouse, uh, my schedule was all messed up. I had to work late and they start listing the excuses. Now, they are real excuses. All of that probably did happen and of course threw off judgment, but the choice to eat, you know, a sleeve of cookies and then drink a bottle of wine was still your choice. And that's the difference where uh, we immediately look at the external stuff that caused this choice and not just I'm going to take ownership for this. And it, like you said, it's a really hard thing to do because we always look at, you know, oh, well, I'm, um, you know, my environment, this this happened. And because this happened, I made this choice. And it's a lot easier to view it from that lens than to say, I did this. I'm going to take ownership for it. What can I learn through that process? Because now if you take that approach, you have the tools to then handle it the next time. Oh, I've been here before. I know that I made this choice last time and now I can see what that did to me because I'm paying attention and I can you know, pivot when I need to. And that's, like you said, it's never going to be perfect, but those failures, those setbacks, we just use, use it as feedback. We use it as a learning opportunity. Um, and so I think you know, your list is kind of spot on. We, we combine all of those things um, and that's, you know, creating that that mental uh, that mental fortitude, that mental toughness that you need because it is a long process and and there are going to be a lot of frustrations. There's going to be plateaus. There's going to be times where things aren't happening the way you want them to. Um, there's going to be injuries. I know you just went through that yourself. Um, yeah. So that's a good time to pivot there. Like, tell me about that process. Well, how 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 did things change for you uh, mentally for your own fitness and mindset um, suffering that injury? Yeah. Well, truth be told, it's been a year and a half of injuries uh, on top of injuries, man. Um, a year and a half ago, I had hernia surgery um, that put me out for a little while. Um, shortly after that, um, I had a pretty, well, not, not a horrible jujitsu accident where I had uh, 11 stitches in my forehead and my eye. Um, and then, you know, shortly after that, was dealing with a lot of like na nagging injuries that were just little but very annoying. Um, and then the ultimate injury was um, a torn bicep that happened uh, three months ago. Um, and actually since then I've had injuries, but here's the thing, right? Like uh, I'm taking ownership, <laughs> right? Because I, I started a, an extreme sport a couple years ago, right? I started doing Spartan racing competitively, right? I wasn't just getting out there trying to like make it through and like, you know, have a fun day or whatever. I was like, I'm trying to get out there and win. And it was a different training stimulus, right? And I've been training, working out for 20 plus years, kind of like the typical bodybuilding style of training of, you know, resistance, progressive overload, a little bit of cardio, looking good, feeling healthy, that kind of stuff. Then you jump into an extreme sport like Spartan racing, which for anyone who's done it, it's not easy. It's it's nuts, right? Um, and you try to perform at a high level, you're going to put your body through some stress, right? And there were definitely moments like, you know, after the bicep injury, which was definitely an unexpected one, where it was tough to take ownership, right? It was tough to be like, oh, no, 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 this is my fault, right? I should have listened to my body and I should have been more careful. I should have prepared better. I should have, you know, slowed down a little bit and not tried to rush certain things, um, and you know, hindsight was starting to get a little clear. 2020 was starting to come in and I go, yeah, you know, this is a hundred percent on me. Right. But 
initially I was like, what the fuck, man? Like another injury, like this past year and a half, you know, has just been like, what, what am I 70 years old? You know what I mean? Like what's going on with my body? I've always been healthy. I've always taken care of, well, you know, not always, but for most of my life, I've taken care of myself and I've, you know, I'm so pat. This is what I do for a living. You know, I help people get in shape, but then you have that moment of clarity and it's like, hold on a second. You know, I'm, I moved into a new season in my own, my own development, right? My own journey. We all have our own journey, including me, even someone who's a fitness person, right? Or expert or whatever you want to call me, right? Um, we, I have my own journey too. And I have new challenges that I have undertaken. I've gotten myself into a new arena, right? And there's going to be ups and downs. There's going to be some really bad lows. There's going to be some amazing highs, right? Getting, you know, I got kind of, I look at it like lucky and unlucky that my first Spartan race, I got third place, right? I was like, oh shit, you know, I'm a badass now. I can fucking, you know, next time I'm going to win. And then I, you know, I start just going nuts with training, which, you know, I, I just push too far too fast, right? Need to coach myself better. But it's like these, these journeys, these many journeys too that we go on within the big journey. Um, that's why I tell people all the time, like, even if you get a six pack, guess what? There's always going to be that next mountain to climb, right? Even if that next mountain is just maintaining your health, right? Like that's a big mountain for a lot of people. You know, they had this like huge crystal clear goal for 12, 16 weeks and they got there and they, they look ripped, they look awesome. And then they're like, oh my God, I have the rest of my life. Like, what am I going to do? Right. And so, you know, after the bicep tear, um, you know, having gone through hernia surgery, literally dude, my hernia surgery, surgery was one year almost to the date of my bicep surgery. And I was like, man, this whole process again, well, my hernia surgery recovery was really easy. Like, you know, I was basically in bed for a couple of days and then I was back on my feet, normal working out a couple of weeks later, like, like it had never happened. Right. Was cautious for sure. But you know, I was back to lifting heavy weights six weeks after, um, with this bicep surgery, holy shit, man, it was not like that. You know, it's 12 weeks right now and I'm still only curling, you know, 20, 25 pounds when I'm used to doing fifties, sixties. Right. And everything's weaker upper body. Um, and so it's been a much, much more detailed recovery process. It's been a much more, uh, you know, thought provoking recovery where I'm like questioning everything I do from, is my mobility where it needs to be? Is my recovery, is my nutrition, is my sleep? Like I've just become so much more detailed with my own life that it's been a really, it's been an incredible blessing to be honest. Um, I won't sugarcoat it. It sucks. Like having a bicep tear, man, like I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> Not something I would say like should be on anyone's bucket list or anything. Um, but man, if injuries like that were to happen to you, there's a lot of lessons to be learned from it. There's a lot of opportunity to really clean up a lot of things, right? To say, you know what? I need to spend 10 minutes stretching and doing mobility. Um, I need to listen to my body. I need to you know, uh, pay attention to my nutrition a little bit deeper. Uh, you know, if I'm going to be doing extreme sports, I need to be, uh, giving myself time off, you know, and not being so crazy all the time about just doing what I love to do. Um, so yeah, needless to say, it's been an emotional, physical and mental uh, journey and battle for the past few months. But, um, looking back, you know, would I go back and change anything for sure? I wouldn't want to get my bicep torn, right? <laughs> I would be lying. To anybody who says like, Oh yeah, never change a damn thing. Oh fuck that. I'd love to never turn my bicep. Right. But I'd much rather it happen now where I have the opportunity to repair and come back stronger than it to happen, you know, when I'm 50 and then it's like, Oh my God, you know, it's going to be a little longer and maybe I'll never be the same again. But, um, I can already tell like even this past week, uh, you know, you start to just appreciate how incredible our body is, man. Like it repairs and it gets stronger and you're just like, how the hell does it do it, man? Like, yeah. I don't even like, it's like, damn, this is crazy, man. Like, you know, you see it happening, like it, front, right in front of your eyes. You're like, oh my God, the body is an incredible thing, which just drives home that point of like taking care of your damn body is so crucial, man. Like it's, it's an, it's a powerful, powerful uh, tool. Your body is a powerful, powerful thing and you got to take care of it. Uh, and this has just been that eye-opening experience that has reminded me of that. Yeah, for sure. And I think that one, 
it's it's very relatable, you know, for people who have gone through setbacks and injuries. It's it sucks. Like I've been there. It's the worst feeling, you know. I I hurt my back at the bottom of a squat and like I was just cursing the world for like three days, <laughs> like you know. And then you're able to get over that initial feeling of like why me and find the gift and that's the most important thing like you said uh, taking ownership even though it's going to be a really challenging mindset to take but you can find the gift in that situation and get better for it so you know my situation was i just lost focus like i was doing a, a weight that i should have been able to squat easily and i just lost focus i wasn't paying attention really i was just going through the motions lost tension and my back spasmed and i had to bail and so now as a result of that injury, which was not that long ago, like my intention for every single rep is I'm going to get the most out of this. I'm going to stay focused. I go into the gym with a plan. Here's what I'm going to get out of this. And I have, you know, the effectiveness of each session, even though I haven't, you know, been setting the world on fire with how heavy I've been lifting. Um, but I've been getting more out of it because of that going through that. So um, it's it's relatable and it's understandable. And then, you know, being able to take a look back and realize like you know we don't wish injuries upon anybody but it's it's kind of like looking at setbacks in general or you know you know failures or whatever you want to call it when we go through hardships when we when we struggle um, being able to look back at that and and really find the way to improve yourself as a result um, and then you know and then we pay it forward because I think you know as somebody in your position um, and you know I try to do the same thing I try to show my clients and people who follow me, like I deal with the same shit that everybody else deals with. I'm not immune to mindset struggles. I'm not immune to, you know, physical hardships like today. I recorded myself doing squats in the gym and I immediately deleted the video because right now <laughs> I'm trying to build some muscle and I'm a little bit thicker than I'm used to. And I saw the video. I was like, fuck that. I'm not posting it. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And I, I even <sighs> said that on Instagram. I was like, look, here's what happened. I recorded it and I deleted it because I'm just not feeling how I look right now. And like, I deal with the same mindset yeah. struggles that everybody else does. But I think, um, you know, you going through what you went through and what you're continuing to go through with your recovery, um, it, it's relatable and, and it's commendable that you can look back on that and really see um, the gift that that happened. Uh, so so what's like exciting you now about we'll start with like your personal fitness and then, um, mm. you know, talk about a little bit about your business. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, having the injury like forced me to just try new things. Right. Um, and I'd never been into endurance sports really ever besides like the Spartan, but Spartan is, you know, such a new venture of mine that, you know, still learning, uh, you know, opportunity. I was still learning how to become better at running and all those type of things. Right. And, and how to uh, combine my love of lifting weights, uh, with running. Um, and, uh, when I got hurt, you know, my first instinct was like, oh shit, now I'm just going to run all the time and, you know, all this stuff. But what ended up happening was um, I jumped back into running as soon as I possibly could. And I started getting like knee pain and like all this stuff. And so that took me down a road of correcting my running form and getting my running form like perfectly uh, outlined and where it needs to be and, you know, all this stuff. And that was eye opening, right? I was like, man, this is so crazy. Like I had never been into running before. But now I, you know, because I've always been a sprinter. When I played sports, it was like sprint for five seconds. That was like the most I ever did. And uh, long distance running is a totally different beast. You know, um, being efficient as a runner is a totally different animal. And I was like, wow, this is incredible. Like, this is such a cool aspect of fitness that I was never really into. But now I'm like super knowledgeable about it, or at least enough to help people with it. And uh, that was cool. And then I jumped into, uh, I bought a, a bike. I got into cycling. Honestly, it was because my son got his first bike and I thought, you know, he's going to get old really fast here. Like he's getting older quick and he's going to want to ride with dad and I don't have a bike. And I'm like, well, I should get a bike because I can ride now and I don't have anything else to do besides run and stuff like that. So I got a bike and dude, like I fell in love with it, man. Like, uh, fortunately I have the body and the, and the strength for it and the legs. And so I was able to pick it up really fast. And so I've been biking a few times a week for the past couple months. And that's been awesome. Um, jumped into the pool and started swimming and realized I am the world's worst swimmer. <laughs> I can despite, relate to that. Yeah. Despite growing up at the beach and going out and swimming and catching waves and stuff all the time, that's a different beast. Like that's not swimming in a pool. That's not efficient swimming, you know? So I went out in the pool and I was like, 
all right, I'm going to go kill this. And I started like swimming and like halfway down the first lap, I stopped and was like, oh, fuck, this is not this is not what I thought it was going to be. Um, and so that's like another world of sport and endurance and fun that I say fun. You know, not everybody thinks that's fun, but I, I think it's fun to suck at stuff and then get better at it. So um, that, you know, wouldn't have happened. Right. Like, I don't think I would have gotten the bike and started swimming and being as focused on perfect running if I hadn't gotten hurt, right? So it's a blessing. It's a silver lining, if you will. Um, so right now I'm passionate about obviously getting back to 100%. Um, personally, I have a goal. Um, actually, this past weekend, I just did a Spartan race, not one with obstacles for all those listening. I'm not that crazy, but um, that would be pretty sick. <laughs> like, yeah, I just did one arm, everything, which by the way, I did. Uh, the, the day I got you know, my bicep tear was actually the first race of two races that I was doing back to back. And I ran the rest of that first race with one arm and then came back the next day, ran a whole race with my arm in a sling, which don't ever do that. That was really dumb. Could have hurt myself really bad. Yeah. But when I saw that story, man, I had, I mean, I already had a lot of respect for you, but that just took it to a whole new level. And everybody listening should go check out that post on Josiah's IG because that literally is like, it reminded me of like some David Goggins type shit. I was like, it's you like know what's that. funny is that's who I, the first person I thought of uh, when I, when I sat in my hotel room going, man, am I going to run tomorrow after, you know, realizing my biceps rolled up? I can't do shit. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I came for two medals. I'm going to get two medals. I don't care if, you know, I finished dead last. Um, but I wouldn't recommend doing that. <laughs> it's like, do as I say, not as I do. Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, so, yeah. So I ran a race this past weekend that Spartan uh, came out with a new type of race, which is a trail race. Um, and it's just climbing mountains basically for, you know, seven miles. And it was absolutely insane. I thought it was going to be easy. And I went out there and it was crazy tough. So that was fun. I'm um, going to do that again in October. And then my goal is to come back, finish the year in November uh, with a real Spartan race um, to, you know, run the whole thing, do the whole obstacle thing with my arm back to 100%. Um, so that's another three months from now. So hopefully we'll be healthy by then. Um, but yeah, you know, like I said, this, this uh, injury has helped me, not just with myself, but tremendously with my clients and making sure that people who I influence understand the importance of recovery, uh, mobility, uh, taking care of any aches and pains and not ignoring them. Right. Uh, and making sure that you're just healthy, right? Because a, you know, a healthy body is the most important thing, uh, especially when it comes to performance and everything. So yeah, man, um, that's really where my focus is right now with, with training and, you know, getting my body back to where I want it to be. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. I love it. Uh, so that's a good time to pivot and talk about your business because um, I want to hear what you're excited about, what you guys have going on right now, what's coming up, anything um, new and exciting sure. that you can share. Yeah, so a um, couple things. I you know the book that came out last year, uh, Diet Suck is the book. Uh, it's been on Amazon. It's been it's done pretty well. You know we sell. Uh, a decent amount of copies, but just trying to get that in the hands of as many people as we can, because truth be told, you know, um, I, I'm a believer that nutrition is one of the hardest parts for people to really grasp. Um, I think working out can be a simpler journey for a lot of people. And not to say it doesn't have its complications and it doesn't have its fair share of absolute nonsense that you see out there, but uh, the nutrition aspect is just such a big piece in today's culture and the abundance of food that we have. So getting that copy in as many people's, getting that book in as many people's hands as possible is still one of our primary goals. Um, and so people can, you know, and not to like plug anything really, <laughs> shameless plug, I should say, but uh, we do have the opportunity for people to get a copy uh, for free if they want it. Um, they can go to faddietssuck.com and they can get a, a copy. They do have to pay shipping. So full disclosure, there's a small shipping and handling fee, but they'll get the book uh, for free compared to the Amazon price. Um, so if you want to go buy it on Amazon, like feel free, but, uh, you can get it for a little cheaper there. So that's one of our focuses. And then, um, we're starting to come out with more, uh, you know, we do one-on-one -on -one coaching, obviously, you know, we, we do have a lot of clients that work with me or someone on my team one-on-one. -on -one. Um, but we are starting to come out with more, uh, focused programs for people to follow because there are specific needs that a lot of people have that maybe don't, have the resources to invest in a coach or just want to do it on their own. And that's totally cool. So we came out with our first like full blown 
digital product recently. Uh, it's called the Minimalist Muscle. And uh, it was designed for people who are extremely busy, um, who have kids, who have a demanding career, uh, and just need a simple plan that doesn't require them to be in the gym every day. And so the promise is that the program itself will only require two to three workouts a week, two kind of being the bare minimum, three kind of being bonus um, to help them get the results that they want based off of scientific principles and all the things that we talk about. Um, and they can check that out at uh, traintwice.com. So traintwice.com. So that's really what we we have going on right now. But, you know, most importantly, man, like as I always say, I just like connecting with as many people as possible. Uh, I'm very active online in terms of answering questions, producing helpful content, um, getting answers for people when they need it. So, you know, don't invest in my stuff, you know, like if you don't want to, like it's not like that. Just go connect with me like on social media at Josiah Fitness on pretty much every platform and my podcast, the True Transformation Podcast. Just connecting, just listening, just asking questions, man. That's that's good enough. Yeah, man. And I can personally vouch for Diet Suck and everything that you do. Uh, one of my favorite accounts to follow. Uh, love the content that you put out and everything that you're doing. Um, so I, it, I appreciate you, you taking the time. Um, so it's at Josiah Fitness on Instagram. Uh, and, you know, I, I appreciate you jumping on. This was one of the best interviews. Uh, really, I didn't know what direction we were going to go, but it was just straight fire. So I appreciate you. I appreciate you having me, man. I really appreciate your stuff, too. So thanks again, dude. Awesome. And uh, I'm sure we'll we'll stay connected and talk soon. Absolutely, man. Take care. You too.